cryptocurrency hasn't always been known for being on the up and up. You know, we have the Bitfinex hack uh, with RazzleCon, uh, whatever the hell happened with uh, Terra and their pegged coin, the DAO hack on Ethereum. The big difference in these three that I mentioned and the FTX scam is that the first three actually were coin and not Sam Bankman Freed's personal piggy bank. I'm not going to lie. This episode is going to have some politics, crime, and just plain weirdness. So if you're not into that, click this one off. It's Monday, November 28th, and this is The Brew House. Well, it's been no surprise that I've taken a few weeks off. This story broke uh, basically right before my son's 15th birthday, and I knew it was going to be big. I didn't understand the level of how big it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be big. And I knew that I wanted to talk about this. I knew I had to talk about this. I mean, it's a crypto, I didn't even know, I can't even come up with the words for it. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's uh, craziness. But anyways, I took, a, I took a couple weeks off, uh, celebrated my son's 15th birthday, uh, working with a friend on a project called Toll Free Caller. You can check it out at tollfreecaller.com. It lets you call toll-free numbers around the world. Uh, you don't need to install anything. We don't ask for a sign up or anything like that. It's all free. So go check it out. Um, I spent uh, some time changing around the brew house. I can't even brew beer in here anymore. Basically, I used to have a brew stand, uh, Brew Magic, great company, great stand. If you're into brewing, check them out. Um, I took it out and I bought a desk. I moved my three monitors from the basement. It's a pretty sweet setup I got in here. And it's nice because I can control the climate and whatever. I can leave a mess or anything I want. So I spent some time doing that. But I knew that this FTX story, I needed to let settle because some of the things that were coming out at the beginning were, were just crazy. And we're going to talk about those. And we're going to talk about how there's just no proof that uh, they, they actually happened the way that they said they happened. But then some of the things that they said didn't happen do happen. And uh, anyways, let's just get let's just get started here. Okay, let's start with the cast of characters. We have Sam Brankman Freed, or as I'm going to uh, call him, SBF. He's the owner of the FTX Crypto Exchange and Alameda Research. I'll get into what those are in just a minute. Carolyn Ellison, who was SPF's on and off girlfriend and became the CEO of Alameda Research after Sam Bankman backed away. Then you got Joseph Bankman and Barbara Freed. Uh, there's the parents of SPF and they were senior executives at FTX. Then you have John J. Ray III, CEO that was called in to clean up Enron and now he was called in to clean up FTX, who said this. In over the 40 years of his experience in dealing with insolvencies, he had never encountered such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information that has occurred here. In addition, he stated that FTX was managed by a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals. That's a lot coming from the man who had to help clean up Enron. And I actually looked at this guy's rap sheet. Uh, a little bit like uh, the stuff that he's kind of been known for. This guy, he's a cleanup man. Uh, Ray was appointed, uh, let's see, in 2010, Ray was the principal officer for the bankrupt Canadian telecom telecommunications company Nortel. 2016, Ray managed the trust of which liquidated assets of major subprime mortgage company, Residence Capital. I mean, this guy, he, he goes in and he cleans stuff up. So it's something for him to come into FTX and say, it's the worst he's ever seen. Now, 
He doesn't do this for free, of course. Uh, Mr. Uh, John J. Ray III charged a $200,000 retainer fee and $1,300 an hour. Not too bad if I don't say so myself. All right, let's continue on the list of the characters here. We have Maxine Waters. Everybody knows who Maxine Waters is. We'll get to her in a minute. Um, so, what is a, so what is FTX? FTX simply is a cryptocurrency exchange. A cryptocurrency exchange allows you to take maybe fiat, like US dollar, and turn it into cryptocurrencies, or you can trade cryptocurrencies for other cryptocurrencies. So I can trade Bitcoin for Litecoin, Bitcoin for Ethereum, things like that. That's that's essentially what a cryptocurrency exchange does. It's, it's basically no different than trading stocks. It's a similar idea. Um, but the, the, the thing is about exchanges is they all use their own tokens. So for example, we're all familiar with Binance probably. Binance has its own token called BNB. FTX has FTT. And what happens is, is when you go and make a trade, say I'm going to trade some Bitcoin for some Ethereum, I have to pay the trade fee in FTT. In part, it's a way to fund the exchange. Their, their coin or their token gets to be propped up a little because they have to be bought and sold in order to make these trades. It's, it's not a bad idea. It's a way that they can have some financial liquidity because their coin is worth something. Now, in my opinion, exchanges should never go broke because all you're doing is taking a portion of the trade. That's it. You, if, if I'm trading one Bitcoin, I might take a small percentage, a few cents of that transaction in FTT, and that's it. I, I shouldn't go under unless I'm just completely mismanaging the funds, but that's not what happened here. So let's just take a step back. Who is SBF? Now look, I'll be honest. When this whole thing broke, I had no idea who FTX was. I had no idea who Sam Bankman-Friedman was. However, I looked at my phone and I had the FTX app installed. So at some point I had heard about FTX, downloaded the app, checked it out, and then just left it. But that's not unusual for me. I have lots of uh, cryptocurrency apps on my phone that I'll open up, look at, and then close and then completely forget about because I might trade on um, Coinbase or Kraken or Gemini or another platform. So I'll check it out, but in the end, I was like, eh, I don't need another one of these. But SBF was regarded as a wonderkin. He was a, a, the, one of the fastest up-and-coming billionaires. He was well-educated. He has a physics degree from MIT in 2014. He worked at Jane Street Capital, and he traded what are called arbitraged ETFs. I mean, this idea is pretty simple. I have this particular thing in this ETF that I see over here. They're paying more than what it's worth in mind. So I turn around and I sell it for a guaranteed profit. I can, I'm turning around and I'm arbitraging it. So it's worth a dollar here. It's worth a dollar 25 here. I'm going to sell it for the dollar 25 and, and then maybe buy back in at a dollar. So I still have my funds, but I, I, I gave it to the guy who wants more. Um, he started working with Bitcoin in 2017. Then he saw the altcoin market and he realized there was a chance to arbitrage Bitcoin and, um, and all the other the other altcoins because of their wild swings. I mean, money's not made on a flat line. Monies are made in peaks and valleys. So he saw that in Bitcoin, which I guess makes sense. He, uh, he realized that he could buy BTC in the USA and sell it in Japan. Now, this to me is a red flag. It takes 20, 30 minutes probably to send uh, Bitcoin that you purchased at one exchange to another. Now, there could be some Bitcoin sitting on this exchange and you could somehow fluff the numbers. I'm not a genius when it comes to that, but it is known that in in Japan, uh, in Korea, these places that crypto does tend to trade higher. So buy it in the buy it in the U.S. Trade it in 
in, uh, in those countries, and then you'll turn around and, and you'll reap the reward of that. So he was doing well at that. He founded Almeda Research in 2017 at the age of 25. After Alameda Research, FTX came along, and FTX became, or uh, sorry, Alameda became FTX's liquidity provider, meaning Alameda had the money to front for FTX to start the crypto exchange. It was initially, FTX was initially founded in Hong Kong, but then it later moved to the Bahamas. Now, Coindesk showed that FTT was literally propped up by itself. It, it still had healthy profits even when the market was down, and that's just not how it works. All coins follow Bitcoin. If Bitcoin starts to go down, eventually the other coins go down as well. But FTT didn't do this. That's because Alameda was propping up FTT, meaning they were they were buying their own coin to keep the price high. And on, on November 11th, uh, SBF declared bankruptcy of, I think it was like 16 companies, including FTX and Alameda. All right, let's enter Carolyn Ellison. Who is this? Uh, she went to Stanford. She interned at Jane Street Capital, the same place as SBF. She became the CEO of Alameda Research after uh, SBF stepped back to try to, to try to create some space between him, FTX and Alameda. It kind of it was a conflict of interest to be in both. Uh, she's great at math and algorithms. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. Uh, Alameda, as I said before, dealt mostly with altcoins. So they traded FTT, they traded Litecoin, they traded Ethereum. Anything but Bitcoin is considered an altcoin. And I watched a podcast that was in the Bahamas and uh, she called trading, the math used when trading is as elementary. I, I just find that hilarious. I mean, the media, for whatever reason, seems to have a love affair with these two. And I, and I can't figure it out. Only seven days ago, Yahoo put out an article that said Carolyn Ellison is a math whiz trader and a shadow figure behind FTX's collapse. Here's how the devout Harry Potter fan uh, came to be part in crypto's biggest implosion. So they're complimenting this girl for being involved in this scam. One, a scam she probably knew was happening. A scam that caused FTX and Almeida to lose $51 billion. As of earlier this week, uh, SBF came out and said that they had $9 billion of liquidity left. That's probably held in FTT, which FTT will collapse. Now, just to just to kind of put this in perspective, Bernie Madoff ripped his clients off for $65 billion. I mean, this isn't small numbers. This isn't this like, think of how, how Bernie Madoff was in the news all the time, especially after they figured out it was a Ponzi scheme. I mean, he was plastered all over the news. He was not a good guy. He was a bad, bad dude. Yet... The media is still, and I'm going to give you some more examples, trying to hold SBF, Carolyn Ellison, uh, SBF's parents, trying to hold them in a higher at a higher standard. They stole money, <laughs> a lot of it. There's been a bunch of this money that got siphoned off and nobody knows where it went. Right before they declared bankruptcy, they siphoned off over a billion dollars of altcoins to where? I don't know. They said it was stolen. Was it? I don't know. I'll leave it to you guys. So as of this podcast, SBF is still invited to speak with a cast of characters that include Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, Ben Affleck, actor of great movies like Jersey Girl, and CEO of Artist Equity, and uh, Jerry Cardinal, he's the founder of Redbird Capital Partners. They're going to speak at the New York Times Summit. With the exception of Eric Adams, I think, I don't know much about Eric Adams, he's not my mayor, so I don't know. Why is SBF invited to speak with other capital investors at anything? 
He took investor money, bought houses, gave money to Alameda Research, and Alameda Research used that money to prop up FTT. There's, there's, there's nothing else here but a house of cards that will fall. Now, th- th- there's more to the missing money. As I mentioned before, they, they, they gave money to themselves. Like 19 properties worth around $121 million in the Bahamas. SBF parents, SBF's parents purchased those properties using FTX and Almeida money. And of course, the $1 billion in tokens that were siphoned off right before the bankruptcy. Now, why hasn't SBF been arrested? This is a crazy one to me. It's obvious he committed a crime. Probably many of them. Most of us know, especially me, don't talk to police. You get pulled over, be cordial, but don't admit to anything. Hand them your license, your registration, your proof of insurance. Let them write you the ticket, whatever. You can fight things out in court. You should never talk to the police. But for whatever reason, SBF can't keep his trap shut. And it goes to show, I think this 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 just points to his level of narcissism. SBF recently spoke to Piper, uh, Kelsey Piper, over Twitter Messenger. And Kelsey just straight up released all the messages. So I'm going to read some of those to you because they're extremely interesting. So I'll say Kelsey, SBF. So Kelsey, and then I'll say what Kelsey said. I'll say SBF, and then I'll say what SBF said. Kelsey, you tweeted out some stuff like, we never invest your deposits. That was BS, right? SBF, it was factually accurate. Kelsey, huh? But like their deposits were totally not there. Or did you just mean technically it was Almeida? SBF, FTX, SBF, correct. Now pause here for a minute. He literally just admitted that they took your deposits, the things that they said that they wouldn't invest because they're, you know, your deposits to trade on the exchange. And they turned around and invested it to Almeida, who turned around and invested it right back into FTT to prop the price. Kelsey, so FTX wasn't gambling with their money. FTX just loaned their money to Almeida, who had gambled their money and lost it. And you didn't realize it was a big deal because you didn't realize how much money it was. SBF. So, uh, SBF. And also that Almeida had enough, uh, and also thought that Almeida had enough collateral to reasonably cover it. Kelsey. I get how you could have gotten away with it, but I guess that seems sketchy, even if you could get away with it. SBF, that was never my intention. Sometimes life creeps up on you. So he lost $51 billion of depositors' money, and he said life creeps up on you. That was, that was his answer. The messages go on. He admits to loaning out funds to Almeida, but not quite the idea that Almeida then bought FTT. But why would that be out of the question? FTT is an altcoin. Almeida trades in altcoins. And it would make sense that if you have a relationship with FTX, if Almeida has a relationship with FTX, that they're probably going to buy a bunch of the FTT coins to prop those coins up. I mean, it just kind of makes sense that if the person lending you the money offers you the service that you're trying to do or trying to offer, you're going to probably buy some of their services with the money that was loaned. I mean, it just, it just makes sense. But SPF wasn't just lending out the deposits so they could be traded as he said he didn't do. He was also being very altruistic with the money. I've always said it's easier to spend other people's money than your own. And being a business owner, I see it and it's fine. It's the cost of doing business. Employees lose tools, break stuff. It's the nature of the beast. But 
That's most definitely not what I'm talking about here. SPF donated, and I'm putting that in air quotes, about $40 million to politicians and political action committees, mostly supporting Democrats. In fact, 95% of the money given was given to the Democrats. Um, 5% went to Republicans or other causes. But I will tell you, don't worry. Here's where another character enters. Maxine Waters is on the case, and she happens to be the chair for the Senate Finance Committee, committee who is going to be investigating this, whom SBF also gave $300,351 to. In fact, SBF was so generous with people deposits, uh, he also donated, only one person donated more money to the Democrat Party than he did, George Soros. Anyone catching my drift on why SBF and Carolyn, along with SBF parents, aren't in cuffs yet? And why, why is he still invited to speak at the New York Times Summit? I don't want to go too deep into this, but there also looks to be some ties to the Ukraine here, albeit small, probably meaningless ties. The Ukraine created a website that allowed people to donate funds in crypto, and they stated that they would turn them into real assets via Everstake, Kuna, and FTX. This is why I wanted to let the story simmer before I did a podcast, because when the news first broke, it was that the U.S. was sending money to the Ukraine... And then that money was coming back in via FTX and then being funneled back into the Democrat Party. And there just doesn't seem to be any legs for that to stand on. I don't believe that that probably happens. There's also something that broke this morning about SBF investing $11 million in the 26th smallest bank in the United States. A bank that generally would have, I think I read 2 million, oh no, uh, 10 million in deposits a year. This little tiny bank. That could be your like one of one like could be like two apartments. I mean, a little tiny bank, and you know what was the purpose of that? What was the point? In any instance, SBF, Carolyn Ellison, Joseph Bankman, Barbara Freed all deserve to be in jail. I didn't get into how they made financial decisions over Snapchat or used a voting system to see who could spend money on what. They took in your funds for the betterment of, the, of themselves. When the funds stopped coming in, the empire collapsed. That's a basic Ponzi scheme. I didn't get into how SBF funneled money into his mother's nonprofit that went from $0 in donations to millions. All of this will come out in a court. As far as, I, as far as the push for crypto regulations, which is what people are calling for now, cryptocurrencies like FTX, Kraken, Coinbase, Gemini are already regulated. I fear what will happen is the regulations will get too deep. They'll try to regulate the coins that are in your private key. And simply, that's just wrong. It's a bad thing. That's not the what. A, that's not the how cryptocurrency was designed. It was designed for you to hold your money, for you to be the bank, for you to make the decisions. People lose money in crypto every day. Yes, was this FTX thing bad? Yeah. Did SBF and others lie? To people, yeah, they did. Do they deserve to pay for it? Absolutely. Why can they live in the Bahamas in their beautiful houses, probably on the ocean with pools, SBF and Carolyn in their harem or whatever the weird sex stuff they do? I don't even get it. The point is this. Don't steal. It's the Eighth Commandment. I guess SBF and his posse missed that part. But that needs to come with some consequences. And with that, I'll leave it there. Have a great Monday.